Welcome to a very close, quiet, and intimate experience on this podcast. Hopefully it's not too loud. I didn't know there were even lyrics to this. Chatelet, vocal version. And the song's called Pepe. Or, aka, point emerging, probably entering. Nothing double entendre about this. Printed 1986. A real 4chan banger. I got my pizza rolls to the side here. I just got home from the bar not too long ago, maybe 15, 20 minutes ago. I don't need all these pizza rolls. But uh, yeah, I found out the bar. One of my favorite bars was open uh, when I got out of work. So I walked down there, you know. Me being me smoked a J on the way. I get there, go in, get a drink, M43, uh, a new Orthodox or old Orthodox, I think. One of the two is the same company, basically. I. Ah, my fucking foot. It's here than Christina Aguilera's pussy. Anyway. I go in, get an M43, drink it, talk to a couple of the old friends and co-workers who were having me up there. Too many, just a couple. And a couple of the bar staff there that, you know, I feel like I go into cheers when I go there. I sit down, they don't know my name necessarily, but they know what I want to drink. M43? Pint? Cool. And I got my drink around the spot. First beer. Go smoothly. I'll go over and watch some pool for a minute. I love this goddamn bar. Anyway, you know, over my second one. And for, I guess, for quarantine or whatever, you know, COVID 19, social distancing, they have a back, their back of like, back of the parking lot's fenced off, but it's open for you to drink outside and smoke outside and stuff. You know, long expenses, I went to a bar and I took my beer outside and had a cigarette. Felt good. Felt really, really, really fucking good. I loved it. It had been so goddamn long. Anyway. I'm there. I'm just on my own business. I get a, a tweet. You know, a little update. Hill article. I click it. And the article... Pull it back up real quick, actually. It was... Originally, the article was about... Trump's dismissal of Oklahoma... COVID-19 cases because Oklahoma has a bad issue where the cases are actually skyrocketing right now. The article was saying something like 100,000 cases in four days. But I'm just sitting there, you know, there's a brick holding this door open. I'm just sitting on the big cinder block, mind my own goddamn business. And I get the most preppy of hipster, whatever people coming up to me and talk to me. Hmm. It's another Hill article here. Interesting. For context, I'm not on the Hill's website. I just pulled Google and it was a suggested article. Anyway, this guy just sees Trump on my phone and he starts up a conversation with me and I don't mind conversation. I especially love civil discourse. This guy immediately goes in and asks me why there's Trump on my phone. I said, you know, I'm just reading an article of my, my own business. Yes, because I am that guy who goes to the bar and reads an article. Sue me. 
or don't. Prefer it if you don't. But anyway, he starts talking. You know, I kind of zone out. I'm in my own thing. People come out. He starts talking to them. I hear somewhere in the somewhere in the mix. Oh, you know. Uh, this guy over here likes Trump, and I mind my own business. I don't give a fuck. Let this drunk dude do whatever the hell he wants. A, talking politics already is a certain subject. B, I'm still not gonna try and talk politics with a drunk liberal. Bad mix. Because there's no way it could be an argument, and I tried my best to make it as small of a fucking deal as I possibly could. And this guy just wasn't letting me get away with it. Ugh. Anyway, he starts talking about white privilege, and I make a comment that I don't believe, I said I don't believe in just white privilege, every group has its own set of privileges, and I think that's true. For example, an ad just the other day, and I'll try to play it here in a minute, an ad just the other day from Black Lives Matters said no lives matter until black lives matter. Think about that. Imagine if... A white, uh, a pro-white group, right? No lives matter until white lives matter. Can you imagine the goddamn outrage? Imagine the outrage if a white guy went on live TV and said the N-word. Dude, a black guy goes out and says it on live TV. People be like, oh, well, those are bad place to say. But they wouldn't care that he said it. They would be horrified if a white guy said it. There's a set of its own privileges, you know? I'm not denying white privilege. I'm just saying if, you gotta, if you're going to talk about privileges and sets of things that a white person can do that no other ethnic group can do, you also have to take the time to discuss, you know, Asian privilege. Like, for example, did you know that there is higher stress and higher expectations put on Asian students going into colleges? I'm not exactly sure about the numbers, but Asians have to score higher than white people. Fun fact. Speaking of which, how long is it going to be? You know, we will need to get the black folk and the white folk going after each other. Whenever we're going to get. Whenever we're going to team up against the Asian people. I'm not saying anything here. I'm just saying. No one ever says shit about them. They don't get shit. No one bullies them anymore. I'm saying, you know, it's time we switch it up. Black versus white is getting really old. Black versus white and yellow. Come on. We got milk here. Because I drink a lot of beer tonight. <sighs> and despite what I said, this guy, all he could hear was, I don't believe in white privilege. And this guy flew off the fucking handlebars. He was like, well, you're wrong. And I was like, that's fine. We can agree to disagree. Well, no, we can't. It's not me saying that. Science says that. Now... Privileges are not a science thing. That's maybe a social studies thing at a very m progressive uh, college. It's not a science thing. And I was like, so I responded to this gentleman, and I, I've seen this guy before. Every time I see him, his name's like Stefan or something like that. He always talks about how, oh, I'm a science major. I'm a science major. He's at the same bar. He's been there for ye for like a year or whatever. No one cares. Congratulations, you're a college student going to a college course. You're also a college student at a bar talking about his college courses. You're not special, man. There's a million people just like you. No one's listening to this right now, but I hope he finds this one day. Oh, and the bar was called the 8-Ball. Just so he knows. But, we go back and forth for a little bit. Absolutely ridiculous nonsense. The, and then someone else brought up the subject of institutionalized racism. 
We're in Michigan, a state that hasn't had slavery ever. In fact, we're one of the states that fought against slavery during the Civil War. So it's hard to argue the case of institutionalized racism in a state that's never had institutional racism or institutional slavery. It's very weird. On the same subject, but side note, a statue of George Washington was torn down today by protesters. Can you believe that shit? Absolutely fucking ridiculous. And I guess because he had slaves, but you gotta keep in mind, back then it was an entirely different time. There were laws back then. You couldn't have a, a certain amount of land unless you had slaves. And it was all about how you treated them. You can't defend slavery by any means. It's absolutely fucking awful as part of history, but you can't just sum up one chunk of history in a statue or in a person or in one ide ideologue that existed at the time. You just can't. It's too small thinking. And some people have a hard time getting the full picture with a small screen. Like this gentleman at the bar. Now, ah! I got my these, uh, piece of rolls entirely. I don't know. Son fathers, they laid the groundwork for a nation that could not, for a nation that could be without slavery. The same people that are you are trying to tear down. What's next? They tear down a statue of Abraham Lincoln. I'm trying to think what they would write on his. Um, didn't care about slavery because they have that one quote that's kind of famous of him saying, "If I can keep the union together, and not for the slaves, I will. If I keep the union together and for the slaves, I'll do that too." They tear him down, say he didn't care. Some goofy nonsense, honestly. Everything is so political these days, it's difficult to maneuver in a non-political fashion. I say on my poorly worded political podcast, um, where I smoke weed, drink beer and milk, and mumble through politics. That milk be hidden so much differently. Now, he tried to tell a bunch of people that it was actually kind of funny. He tried to tell a bunch of people that I didn't believe in, blo in, in white privilege. Only two white basic chicks were like, "Oh my god!" Well, he's just so privileged you can't fathom it. Bitch, you are so privileged you can say that. I grew up in a pretty rough town in a tattoo shop. You know, it's a little. Well, I mean, I grew up in a business, is what I mean to say with that sentence. Where you're expected to work. Let's see, what can I pull up? How about we read that article? Okay. <coughs> The White House dismissal of COVID-19 concerns draws criticism. An article by Nathaniel Wixell 
6, 19, 2020 at 5.50 p.m. today. Yesterday. <sighs> the White House has flouted public health advice on the coronavirus, drawing harsh criticisms from experts who fear the administration is sending the wrong message. Even as cases surge in Oklahoma, President Trump is moving forward with a plan with an indoor rally in Tulsa on Saturday, despite guidelines against holding such a large gathering from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Now, I'd like to say, I remember when Lansing had all those right-wing people gather up there to protest the, uh, the lockdown. And everybody was like, oh, they're trying to spread COVID-19, but you get these protesters and these rioters out there for Black Lives Matter and the George Floyd stuff, and it's like, really? Are you serious? You're not going to say anything about possibly raising COVID-19 with us. You're just going to encourage it. A lot of states. It's interesting to watch. Oh, my foot hurts. Anyway. Do-do-do. Trump and Vice President Pence have mostly brushed off the rising numbers in cases in states across the country, largely attributing them to increased testing. In the Gray TV interview earlier this week, Trump said the number of cases in Oklahoma was very minuscule, to end quote, and the virus was, quote, dying out, end quote. In fact, Oklahoma has reported more than 100 thousand new cases in just the past four days with record high numbers twice in a week experts fear trump's dismissal of the rising case case numbers and the dangers of large gatherings gives public gives the public the message that the virus is no longer a threat and puts the country at risk of a prolonged crisis quote <coughs> oh, sorry quote the Consistent theme has been inconsistent messaging, end quote, said Howard Coe, former assistant secretary for that, for health at the Department of Health and Human Services under President Obama, quote, it just leads to public doubt and confusion, which weakens the chances of a coordinated national response, added Coe, or Ka, it's K-O-H, I'm not sure who now teaches at the Harvard School of Public Health, Trump and Pence signaled a desire to reopen the country and cheered governors for moving quickly despite states not meeting the CDC guidelines for reopening. In Kansas week, both have signaled a desire to declare victory over the virus and paint a picture of life returning to normal. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal, Trump said he, cho he said he chose, Oklahoma, he chose Oklahoma as a spot for his rally because of how well officials have responded to the virus. Quote, It's like very few people, and I think they're in great shape. But I would even say the spike ends and has already ended. To end quote, Trump said. Oh, my neck is so sore. Ooh, I wonder that picked up. Oh. Oklahoma had one of the lower infection rates earlier this spring when the virus was ravaging the states in the northeast and west coast. Yet, ever since Governor Kevin Stitt, Republican, began widely reopening businesses in April, 
The state has been reopening record high daily case numbers. Experts fear the rally has the makings of a superior spreader, end quote. Events with tens of thousands of people standing shoulder to shoulder indoors, shouting and chanting. The Trump campaign has said that each attendee will receive a temperature I will receive a temperature check and be offered hand sanitizer and a mask at the door to the arena. Though there is no requirement to wear a mask. Updated CDC guidelines released last week urge the organizers of large gatherings to require the use of face coverings among staff and strongly encourage, end quote, mask among attendees. Amish Ajala, a senior scholar at John Hopkins University Center for Health and Security, said the administration's efforts to portray everything as normal, quote, makes it very hard for someone who's not an expert to understand what is exactly the truth. End quote. White House Press Secretary Kayla McKinney this week dismissed health concerns. Uh, dismissed health concerns about the rally and said anyone attending will assume a quote personal risk end quote on Friday. She said she will not wear a mask. Well, you should at least offer people the choice to attend. I think the forced lockdown is ridiculous. Getting businesses to close down and stuff is fine. But people choose not to stay home. People choose not to stay home. They accept that risk. And when they get sick, they will probably choose to stay home by then. And if they don't get sick, they will choose to go out. It's literally allowing the healthy people to maintain a life while the people who are at risk stay at home and heal while the plague passes. I agree with this so far. Ugh. Hmm. Quote, it's a personal decision, end quote, McKinney said. I said, quote, I am tested regularly. I feel that it is safe for me not to be wearing a mask, end quote. Increasing evidence shows the effectiveness of masks at reducing the spread of coronavirus, but they have been turned into a political flashpoint and part of a larger culture war. Even when the CDC and top public health officials, like... Anthony Fauci, the federal governor's leading expert on infectious diseases, urges people to wear masks and avoid crowded indoor events. The message gets blurred when it, when it becomes political, Ajala said. Cameron Wolf, an infectious disease expert and professor of medicine at Duke University, said, Important, important public health message, messaging can be undercut by just one or two prominent individuals who are in opposition to it. Well, yeah, you get that ignorant sheep and mob mentality that just flock behind anything that confirms the smallest belief of theirs, and they run with that. Give a, a more on a mile, and they'll take, well, give an inch, and they'll take a mile. Says the moron who fucked that quote. Moving on. Oh. We're in a mask and practicing physical uh, physical distancing is, quote, such an easy visual message, and yet, uh, when that is not demonstrated by people in either public health or political leadership positions, that just takes the wind out of the sails of folks in public health who are otherwise struggling to send that message, end quote. Wolf said, Oh, Heartburn. 
I have heartburn. In the West Wing, masks are no longer required. Just a month after the administration first put the policy in place, after two White House staffers tested positive for COVID-19, officials also routinely ignore physical and social distancing recommendations during public appearances. Last week, Pence tweeted, then deleted, a photo of himself greeting dozens of Trump 2020 campaign staffers, all of whom were staying next to each other inside and not wearing masks. When President Trump signed an executive order on policing this week, law enforcement guests were standing next to him on all sides not wearing masks. Pence also, but I've seen people around Trump wear masks. It seems like he's encouraging people to choose to whether, whether or not they want to wear them. I'm a big personal freedoms guy. It's my body, my choice, right? Pence also regularly visits restaurants when traveling, highlighting local businesses in newly reopened states. He does not usually wear a mask during these stops, even though he's indoors. Now that's, you know, side note, mask and coronavirus aside, that's pretty cool. He goes states, every state he goes to, it seems, or at least it sounds like, when he goes to different states, he stops in at local businesses and gives them a shot online. He's followed by millions, or at least millions have the ability to see what he's posting. That's interesting. That's good. It's good to see a politician on that level promote small businesses in such a personalized fashion. Moving on. <laughs> but the message on public health from Trump to Pence is often at odds with lawmakers in their own party. Masks have become a have become the norm in the House and Senate, even among GOP members. Only a small but vocal minority of House Republicans have consistently refused to wear them. In the Senate, a recent GOP press conference on police reform featured everyone in masks. And Senator James Lankford, a Republican from Oklahoma, hey, Oklahoma, on Friday said in an interview with CBS, he will wear a mask at Trump's rally. And that's the end of that article. That's the article I was reading when this guy came up and was giving me shit about white privilege and Trump. <sighs> this is a short one. I gotta get to sleep because in the morning I'm gonna get up and go play some disc golf. Well, first I go to Lowe's or buy six, but then I'm gonna go play disc golf before I go to work. It's already 3.30ish in the morning. I gotta process this, and then maybe I'll upload it. Sorry for the short but small video. I will talk to you guys later. Have an awesome and excellent night.